live from our studio in Babson Park, Massachusetts, it's the Fred Opie Show, where we unpack history to positively impact the future. I am Fred Opie, your host. Thanks for joining us live or listening to the podcast. This is another in our series on stumping and eating that looks at the role of food in politics. It's an interview I did with Yale historian Glenda Gilmore, who is a native of North Carolina, and asking her about her reflections on politics and food during her childhood. When I was a little girl, food was a major part of culture and coming together, and that in the 50s and early 60s. So the the annual Fireman's Barbecue would have been a huge event, where they had Brunswick stew that they had been cooking for days with both rabbit and squirrel in it, Mm -hmm. which made it even better. Was that one of those places that a politician would show up during election season, you know, as a way of meeting and greeting and doing their stump at that type of event? Absolutely. Okay. And I didn't notice it so much as a child, but if they weren't there, there was something wrong. Okay. You know, if they didn't show up handing out things and greeting people and shaking hands. There were, however, more overt political barbecues. There always have been all across the South and even back, you know, the, the plantation owner, that was one way that... In slavery, white plantation owners bound the poor people of the county to them, opening their house once a year for mm. a big barbecue. Pork and pork go together in the South. <laughs> interesting, interesting. I got it. I'm thinking about the the, uh, the firemen's event, integrated event or segregated event? Segregated. Okay. And I think that's really interesting because probably by the time I'm going to the firemen's barbecue, I know they're back black policemen. I don't know that they're black firemen in 1957 or so. I don't know how that evolved as it went ahead and the fire uh, fighters were integrated. I do know that while black people didn't go to the firemen's barbecue, we went to the fish fries. White people went to the fish fries, Friday night fish fries, and indeed were expected to go because uh, you bought it. Go to a community. Yeah. With someone we knew, or something that had been advertised, or a fundraiser, or something like that, to buy fish, because white people didn't do the fish fry then very much at all, or nearly as well. It would be uh, a time that you would eat catfish when you might not ordinarily choose to eat catfish. And again, another one of those events where politicians would show up. Yes, absolutely. In the days before an election, in every urban uh, place, there's usually a black Southern food. They don't get the fact that it's not 
not enough to think about Southern food and like it. You have to seriously locate it, pinpoint it okay. in, in the region, on the map. You know, they buy fish in the mountains. The thing to do is to do some homework ahead of time and look at what other people are eating around you, listen to what your weight person is saying, and try to find the best example of what it is that you're looking for. You know, if you're in a place uh, like Lexington, North Carolina, don't go to the bad barbecue place with no cars so it, because it might be faster. Go stand in line. There's a reason those people are standing in line. What do you see when the right food is put in front of uh, northerners or outsiders that they typically do wrong? All those things that are sitting on the table are not supposed to all be put on the food. I've had uh, northerners look at the hush puppies and say, what are those little fried fish? It is a foreign country. Just be aware that the customs, particularly food customs, are different, particularly if you are staging down-home eating. If you're going to go to uh, a soul food restaurant, you need to at least know that you do want the collard greens. When in Rome, do as the Romans. Well, do your homework, watch what other people are doing, and then eat what's put in front of you. And don't say stupid things about it. What's the fastest way to insult a southern cook when you sit down to eat his or her food? Not to eat it. Holding back. You must dig in. It means that you, with relish, put your napkin in your lap, grab your fork, begin to eat, and you look like you want more even when you're full. It's a sort of enthusiasm while eating is something that I think has died out in many parts of the world, uh, many parts of the country. Really have some zest for food, some excitement about what's put in front of you, and try everything. Condiments, do's and don'ts. No mustard on your steak. There's one dressing, and it's Thousand Island. A long conversation with the waitress about what kind of dressing they have is probably not going to serve you well. Theoretically, the only thing you should do is put barbecue sauce on barbecue and uh, ketchup on fries. Anything else? That's risky. Iced tea is iced tea if they don't ask you if you... I mean, how many times have I seen people just look totally completely confused when the waitress, someone says, I'll have tea, and the waitress says, un, and the person doesn't realize she is saying, actually, would you prefer sweetened or unsweetened tea? That's it for this edition of the Fred Opie Show. Thank you for joining us. Check out the show archive at fredopiespeaks.com, as well as our books and other content. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out our show notes where you'll find a way to subscribe to our podcast, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. You'll find links to books discussed on the show, links to our YouTube channel where you can watch the show. If you want to know more about what I'm doing, go to fredopi.com, which is my website. You can see information on the books I publish. There are two blogs that I host there, both a food and an athlete's blog, and there's both a food and an athlete's podcast. 